What is up, everyone, and welcome to Podcast with Pack. I'm your host, Pastor Ashley Karayuki, and this is a podcast packed with real conversation, a life-changing message, and a time of refreshing. Thanks for tuning in. Be blessed by today's episode. Amen. So we are back in Faith Life, and we're going to continue in the series of Faith Life. Somebody say Faith Life. Faith, life. Faith, life. Galatians 2, Galatians 2, verse number 20 is where we have been, what has been our hook. And I hope you brought your Bibles, your notebooks, and your pens. Quite a few notes, quite a bit of word, but we're going to get through it fast tonight. Amen? It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, where? Come on, talk back to me. Where do I now live it? I live by? I live by? In the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, remember now is a time stamp. It's not a segue or a transition, it is a time stamp. The, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How many of you know you're loved by God tonight? Amen? I want you to write this down. Understand, faith is lived now. And faith is for this life. I said this a couple of weeks ago. Just like the anointing, faith is not needed for heaven. The anointing is not needed for heaven. It's for your operation in this earth. That's why he says the just shall live by faith. I want you to write this down. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is a lifestyle. And God will never create a life for you that deems him unnecessary. Faith is a lifestyle, and God would not ever create a life for you that deems him unnecessary. I don't care how rich you get. I don't care how healthy you get. I don't care how successful you get. You will always need God. That's why so many people walk around in disillusion and wandering life and wandering, looking for answers, looking for understanding, trying to tap into this and tap into that. What are they looking for? God. Faith is a lifestyle. God would never create a life for you that deems him unnecessary. I want you to write this down. Faith is an inward operation. An inward operation. In other words, what God does on the inside of you is what's happening in faith. It's an inward operation of divine power, which dwells in the hearts of the contrite 
and has power to lay hold of things not seen. Faith is an inward operation. Inward operation. That's why it has power to lay hold of things not seen. Faith is an inward operation, divine power, which dwells in the heart of the contrite. What is that? The broken, the humble, the sincere hearts. And has power to lay hold of things not seen. Isn't that amazing? Faith can touch the invisible. <laughs> Go with me to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. It's Bible study tonight. Mark chapter 9. Very familiar scripture, because we're talking about faith. This is a very familiar story in Mark chapter 9. I'm reading New King James. Mark chapter 9, starting in, I think I want to start in verse 14. And it gives us a story of a boy who needed healing. Verse 14 says, And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately, when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes, whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples and they said they should, so, that, so that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, faithless generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. So Jesus is a little bit fed up. Because he's like, you guys have been hanging with me. You guys have been rolling with me. You guys have seen me teach. You guys have seen the miracles. Yet and still... Faithless generation. Verse 20, then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and, and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. You know what I believe about this story? I believe that the disciples were focused too much on what was seen. And why is it a faithless generation? Because there's so many things that, gets, that distract you to take your eyes off the promise. I believe the disciples had the power. I do believe that they understood what it took, but I also believe that they were distracted. And sometimes we can get distracted and not make the main thing the main thing, and we focus on all these things trying to get our attention. Because when the Spirit was encountered by the Spirit of God, Jesus Christ, immediately what did he do? He began to act up. But Jesus was not wavered in his faith. And a lot of times it's hard for us to walk by faith and to live by faith because we're di distracted. We believe God for something and then we get the opposite news and all of a sudden wavered. Verse 21, so he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, I love the humility of this man. He said, but if, if, if you can do anything, this is Jesus. 
He knew he could do something. He said, have compassion on us and help us. He, he was trying to be polite. He said, but, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and, and, and help us. And Jesus said to him, it's not whether I can do it. <laughs> he said, if you can believe, all things are possible. See, we go to God and say, God, it's, if, if, if you will to bless me, God, if, if, if you, you try to be polite, God, if, if, if it pleases the king. And God looks at you and says, this ain't got nothing to do with me. If you believe. I love how he just threw it back at him. He just threw it back at him. He said, he said in verse number 23, if you can believe all things are possible to him, who? believes and immediately the father immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears Lord I believe help my unbelief how many of you been there sometime in your life I believe I, I I really do believe, but I know there's places there's unbelief. And so you stand like the man and you say, I believe, but God, help my unbelief. Can I help you how to not get so deterred or detoured by distractions? It's when a distraction comes, open your mouth and say, help my unbelief. Because a lot of the times, again, you say, I believe, I believe, I believe, and then you get the opposite report of the opposite news, and you begin to follow that way. You get a bad doctor's report. You believe in God for good doctor's report, and then you get a bad report, and you begin to follow that bad report. Rather than looking at that bad report and say, God, help my unbelief. Don't follow it. Speak to it. All right, I'm just talking tonight. <laughs> he said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And so this is found again in Luke 17. Again, it's Bible study. I want you to write these scriptures. Luke 17, I want to start in verse 4. So here we have a man who talked to the disciples, and they couldn't do nothing. And Jesus rebuked them, sort of, and said, faithless generation, then Jesus questioned the man, and the man said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And then we see it later again with the disciples in Luke 17. Here in Luke 17, verse 4, he says, And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns unto you, saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Right there, that just increased your faith. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Help my unbelief increase our faith. Help my unbelief increase our faith. When was the last time you prayed that? The disciples asked Jesus, increase our faith. When was the last time you got on your knees or went before the Lord and said, God, increase my faith. Help my unbelief increase my faith. Help my unbelief increase my faith. And so there's three ways 
that faith comes. And I want to make sure we all got this. Pastor has taught us this before, but I want to make sure it's said again. Three ways that faith comes. Help my unbelief. Increase my faith. Well, how do I increase my faith? Three ways faith comes. First way is by hearing. Romans 10, 17 says that, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So why did I put an emphasis on Bible study? Because a lot of us come to Bible study looking for the brand new great revelation and faith doesn't come by brand new great revelation. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Sometimes we listen to preachers and listen to preaching, try to figure out the newest, latest, great revelation behind the revelation of the three beasts and the mark of the, the beast. And what does that have to do with anything? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not, not great, great vernacular. Not me just talking. No, the word of God. I said this last week, preaching brings salvation. Teaching destroys unbelief. When you are taught from this Bible, the word of God, there was a reason why when Jesus walked into the temple, he didn't just walk in the temple and start talking. He picked up the scroll and read the word. There's a reason. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes, one, by hearing. And I want you to sub-understand this as well because hearing is not just hearing. It is listening. It is... Try not to get ahead of myself. How you hear is just as important as what you hear. Hebrews 4, verse 2 says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us, as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. It didn't help them. Why? They didn't mix it with faith. And those who heard it, there was no faith mixed with that. You ever bake something and you think you got everything all together and you put it in the oven and it comes out and it's like, this is not what the box looked like. I'm telling on myself. Okay, this is not what the box looked like. And then you realize there was an ingredient that was very important that you missed. And therefore, you did not get the product that you thought you get because you didn't mix something in that bowl to give you what you needed. And that's what happens with a lot of us in our belief and in faith and in hearing the words. We get good we get great teaching. I mean, the stuff our pastor teaches us, whoa. Like, whoa. Like, I even come and be like, excuse me, teacher, can you? Whoa. But do you know there's people who come in and out, log on every week, no change. Because the word that was preached was not mixed with faith. Was not mixed with faith. You, it's not just what you hear, it's how you hear it. There's three levels of hearing. 
And all of them are connected with faith in obedience. Second Chronicles 20, 20. It says, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe as prophets, and you shall prosper. They were given a command, and that command was believe. Are you obeying the command to believe? Obedience and faith are best friends. Action, obedience. The three levels of hearing that I'm referring to connects to your obedience. Obedience in what? I want you to get this. Obedience to his word written. Again, not motivational speaking. Right? Because anyone can inspire you. Anyone can get up here and get you wrapped up. Right? Woo! Let's go! <laughs> Make you feel like you can do anything. You ever been around somebody just, they just made me feel like I can do anything. Just woo! And you don't know what you're doing. You get out there and realize I don't know what I'm doing. Obedience to the written word of God, not motivational speaking, but the written word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Obedience to the prophecy given. The word preached. The word taught. Are you obeying what's been taught? Pastor's been preached, teaching us every morning on breaking the curses of our fathers. Breaking generational curses. Are you obeying those things that he's teaching us? Obedience to the prophecy given. Obedience to his voice the audible instruction of the Spirit of God. I believe God talks to us audibly. Many of us have experienced that. I remember when we moved to Ohio and we got up there and man, everything we thought it was, it was not. <laughs> it was not. We went up there months ahead of time getting everything ready and was like, yeah, we, we got this, we got this situated, we got that situated, we got all this stuff situated, and so we're ready. And so the time came for us to move. I don't know what we were thinking. We moved in December up north. None of it makes sense. We got up there, it was three feet of snow. And people was just driving. Like, this is the norm. What, what's wrong with you? I'm from the South. <laughs> they just driving along, chilling. Everybody's just going, 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 going. And we get up our three feet of snow. That was already a faith walk for your pastor from the sunny shores of Africa. We get up our, the place that we had rented, thought we had together, had actually flooded the week before, and the people didn't tell us. I don't know if y'all ever heard this. Most of y'all haven't heard this testimony. We got up our... The place was flooded. We could see the water damage, and Zion was like one. And as a mama, my baby not going in there. <laughs> not happening. We didn't know where we was going to go. We knew no one. We just knew there was a call of God and where to go, but we didn't know anybody. And I remember Pastor said, hey, we're going we're gonna, to... We, God's going to show us what to do. Let's just get back in there. We had this huge Penske, had our car attached to it. And he said, let's just get back in here. We're just going to drive. God's going to show us where to go. And we got in that car or that Penske, started driving. We turned down the street. And I distinctly remember 
I, I can hear the voice of God. He said, let not your heart be troubled. And I remember looking at pastor. I said, huh? He said, what? I said, you say something to me? He said, no. I was like, huh? Okay. He said, it was God. He said, I'm sure the Lord just spoke to you. When that word came to me, everything just, shh. It just, I mean, again, I'm, I'm from the south. It's three feet of snow. I got a one-year-old baby. I've got an apartment that's flooded. I don't know what to do. I'm nervous. The came up here, and now I'm, I'm just frantic, and now I'm in a pixie truck driving away. Let not your heart be troubled. And what did I do at that moment? I obeyed his word. I said, heart, calm down. Let not your heart be troubled. There's no command in that. There was. The fact that he said let, he said you're giving yourself permission to worry. Or not worry. Don't allow yourself to be troubled right now. Actually, I know what it looks like, but don't allow yourself to be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. I obeyed the audible voice of God and as we're driving, I, I will never forget it, we drive down this road and look and there's a house with a for rent sign. And we called that number, it was a Saturday night and the woman was like, I can meet you in the morning. We said fine. We went and slept in the hotel, then we got up the next morning, went to church, then we went and met the woman. I can't even tell you how much she gave us that house for. A house. A house. We was looking at it like a two-bedroom apartment. We weren't thinking yard. We weren't thinking neighborhood. We weren't, no. Because I believe my faith obeying his audible voice to steal my heart led us to turn down this street and see that, see that sign. And that woman said, yeah, I've been trying to rent this place forever. And here we are, from the middle of nowhere, and God just opened the door. Why? Obedience. The key to your faith is obedience. You won't get anything disobeying. How, how's, that, how's that worked out for you? Doing what you want, doing what you think. How does that work out for you? Okay. <laughs> so three ways faith comes. The first one is? The second one is? How? I haven't given you the second one. <laughs> Thank you, though. The second one comes at salvation. At salvation. At salvation, Romans 12, 3, for I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. At salvation, Ephesians 2, 8, write that down. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. So when you get saved, faith comes. When you get saved, faith comes and makes its rest in place there. So hearing at salvation is thirdly, impartation. Of course, this is a very familiar one. 2 Timothy 1, 5, 
when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that's in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you. Timothy had a transference, an imparted faith. That's why you should not be quick to lay hands on everybody. The Bible tells you that actually. Don't lay hands suddenly. Why? Because you're powerful. And when you lay hands, you're imparting something. And that's why anytime your pastor lays hands on you, don't take that lightly. Don't take that lightly. That is an impartation. I sincerely believe when Pastor Davis laid hands on us to send us, there was an impartation of faith like never before. Because that was a man of faith. It's an impartation. And Timothy is told, he's reminded, Paul reminds him, hey, it was in your grandmother. And then transferred from your grandmother to your mother. And I believe it's in you. That's why it's important to know your legacy, to know your lineage. We sit here and we think we're just saying names. No, 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 no. There's a reason why he said he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He wants you to understand the faith you come from. It's, it's not just, oh, I got faith. No, no, no. Do you know where you come from? Impartation. Don't take it for granted when your pastor lays, lays his hands on you. Every, every, every time. Every time we're in the presence of Pastor Parsley. We see this man all the time. Pray for us. We'll take more. I believe in impartation. I believe in impartation. Because when you get that impartation, what was in them goes into you and you can remind yourself, I can stir up this gift. I can stir up this gift. My goodness. So the first way faith comes is by? Second way? And thirdly? Now that is not a progression, that is just how faith comes. Okay, I don't want you to think like first, second, third. That's how it can come, amen? So faith comes those three ways. Now, I want us to get into the word in this way tonight really quickly. Because when you look at faith at its pure form, you're brought, of course, to Hebrews chapter 11. And I want us to stand in the hall of faith tonight. The hall of faith. I want us to stand in the hall of faith. Not the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith. I talk a lot about playing basketball, I played basketball, and, and when the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame opened here in Knoxville, I was so excited. Because I was like, one day, your name's gonna be in there, Ashley. Like for real, that was a dream, it was a dream. Amen, amen, we'll see what the Lord does. But 
I was serious. I was like, oh my gosh, the, women, the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame is open. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be in there. And when they opened it, all these famous women basketball players and coaches came into town and were being inducted. And I remember when Pat Summit was inducted and I was just like amazed. I'm like, wow, the Women's Hall of Fame is in Knoxville, Tennessee. And that's where I'm going to be in my hometown. And God said, I know the Hall of Fame is great, but what about the Hall of Faith? Do, do, do you want to be known for your fame? Or for your faith? Do, do you want to be known for what, you, what your name says? Or, or do you want to be known for what your faith said? And I, I was reading this today and the Lord said, I want, us just to, I want us just to read Hebrews 11. Can we do that? I want us to read it. I, I started this a couple weeks ago, but I want us to read this. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation because... One, because this is a translation, if you have the app, you can listen to this translation. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I challenge some of you, start listening to your Bible. If you have that technology, you have that app, we know the Firebrand app has it, it's launching soon, where you can actually turn on the Bible and just listen to the word of God. You know, we listen to the news we listen to each other so much. We listen to so much ungodliness. Some, some of us are just getting in the habit of just going in your car and Bluetooth your Bible to your car and just listen to the Word of God. I've had crazy, terrible days and I put on my Bible and faith just comes. Faith just comes. Faith just rises and rises. So I, I, want us, I want us to read this from the New Living Translation because I love how he breaks it down in this translation. We're going to Hebrews 11. And people up top, I want you to follow me as best you can. Hebrews 11, chapter 1. Excuse me, chapter 11, verse 1. He says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Reality of what you hope for. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Through their what? Faith. Not their fame. Through their faith. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Isn't that amazing? By faith. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. Your faith gives evidence. <laughs> Love the word. And God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Will your life still speak after this life? Not because you were a millionaire, but because of your faith. Not because you dressed the best, but because of your faith. Not because you lived in the biggest house, but because of your you will actually read Hebrews, Hebrews 11 and get convicted in your faith. I said this a couple of weeks back. Faith is not about 
your money, your cars, your status. It's not, and we've made it about that. Faith is so much more deeper. I told God when we went, first went into ministry, I said, God, I'll thank you and we will believe you to supply and provide, but that's the covenant. I'm not going to spend hours and hours in faith for something that's temporary and fleeting. I'm going to spend hours and hours in faith for souls because that's eternal. Okay. Verse 5. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. How many of you want to be taken? <laughs> God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without... How do you please God? How do you please God? How do you please God? Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. I love how the Bible how it says it here in the New Living. He says that he exists because a lot of Christians live like he doesn't exist. The song we sing, let us become more aware of your presence. In your conversation, are you aware that he exists? In your habits, are you aware that he exists? Not just, not just out there, no. No, I know. Therefore, I govern my life with the understanding that God is here. He exists. Oh, I hope y'all are getting it. And that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Faith is so important. I want you to understand that to be faithless is equal to sin. Romans 14, 23 says that which is not of faith is sin. To be faithless is equal to sin. Whoa. Verse 7, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God. Highlight that word, obeyed, if it's in your Bible. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Faith and righteousness go together. Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. I know you are righteous by your faith. Oh man. Verse 8, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Remember what he said earlier, the unseen. I don't know. And even when he reached the land, God promised him he lived there by faith. Even when we got to Ohio, we lived there by faith. Okay. Verse 9, and even when he reached the land, he, God promised him he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. Abraham, verse 10, was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. A city designed and built by God. That sounds like Life City. 
I didn't y'all not. I don't think I'm hooping and hollering enough for y'all tonight. Is that okay? All right. <laughs> Verse 11. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was burned and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. She believed that God would keep his promise. Sister believed that God will keep his promise. Brother believed that God will keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. Faith resurrects. Everybody else said, they're as good as dead. And from a dead man, a nation came. Faith. Faith. Oh, man. A nation with so many people that the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Imagine a dead man, zero, less than nothing, to so many descendants you can't even count them. Verse 13, all these died still believing what God had promised them. Wait a minute. What you mean they died? We're going to go there. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They saw it all from a distance. In other words, they seen the unseen by faith. What has God promised you? Will you believe it to the end? Okay. They saw it from a distance and welcomed them. They agreed. Pastor preached on that this morning. Yes and amen. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. They understood that my faith is formed by eternal reward as I'm living in this earth. I need to read that again. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. I've taught this and I want to keep saying it. Stop holding on so much to this, this dusty planet. Stop. 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 Stop holding on so much to the things of this world. That's the reason why our faith is misplaced. Because we placed our faith in the things of this world and what you can touch and what you can feel and what you can see. When he just said, faith is for the unseen. He said, they agreed. We're not from here. This ain't our stopping place. The old church, you say, we're just passing through. Obviously, verse 14, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. God is not ashamed to be called their God. When, 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 like, I love how Jesus, he marveled at the faith of the woman. He looked at the woman and said, girl, shut your mouth. That's what he did. He marveled at her faith. When was the last time God looked at you and said, you believe in me for what? For who to get saved? For who to get healed? 
marveled. It says that God was not ashamed to be called their God. Your lack of faith can put him to shame. Believing in without faith is impossible to please him. So when you are walking in unbelief, you are making God be like, I don't know if I really want to claim you. We got to walk by faith. I hope you're getting this. Verse 17, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Faith is something else. God, you want me to sacrifice the very promise you said I'd have? Don't make sense at all. You want me to sacrifice what you said you give me? Verse 18, even though God told him Isaac is the son of whom your descendants will be counted, Abraham reasoned, this is this part, that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. exist this got me like it was verse 19 for me he reasoned God this is a promise and if you have tested me and told me to sacrifice the promise then I assume <laughs> you are able to resurrect the promise see that's the thing we don't walk by faith because we don't think that <laughs> If God requires something of you, you better believe he's going to meet it. He's going to meet the need. That's why he sees the end from the beginning. See, the issue is you just see right here. Why did he say that they had faith? Because they welcomed what was in the distance. You got to be able to see the unseen. Abraham reasoned. He said, God, if you're able, if you tell me to do this, then I know you're able to do that. Don't be afraid to walk by faith. But that's why many of us are. Because it doesn't make sense. Lord, you want me to sow how much? Well, God, I reason that if you tell me to sow the $500 that's for this, then you're able to supply the $500 that's for this. See, that's... Your need indicates his supply. If you have a need, then guess what? There's supply. If you tell me to do this, then I reason you can do that. Okay, I just hope we're getting this. He said Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith. That Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. Verse 22, it was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. Joseph seen something nobody else seen. Joseph seen slavery. He seen all this mess. He seen all of it. And he said, you know what? I see something can't nobody else see. 
He wasn't talking about his eyeballs. He was talking about his spirit. He's seen it. He said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them, take his bones with them when they left. <sighs> y'all, that's faith. That's faith. He said, he said y'all, I'm so sure of this. When y'all go, take me with you, my bones and everything. <laughs> Some of y'all need to receive that tonight. You need to go call that child who is wayward and tell them, I believe God gonna so radically save you that when he saved you, make sure you bless me too. Okay. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child. Anybody got an unusual child? They were not afraid to disobey the king's command. I want you to hear that. They seen they had an unusual child. In other words, that also translates to a chosen child. They knew their child was chosen for something greater than the king's command, the human king command. And they disobeyed the king because they said, I'm going to obey the king. And they hit him, put him in a basket. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Sin, the pleasures you gain, they always go away. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of riches of Egypt. For he was looking ahead. I, I don't know if y'all are catching the trend of every verse. Obedience, looking ahead, seeing something no one else sees by faith. By faith. He says he was looking ahead to a great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on what was invisible. Oh, I hope you're getting this. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn son. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. Look at somebody say, you're not going to drown. By faith. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days. By faith. And the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute. The what? Yes. There are prostitutes in the Bible. But this one was not destroyed. It says Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. For she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. It matters how you treat God's people. This prostitute was saved because she treated God's people right. Verse 32. How much more do I need to say? <laughs> It will take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon and Barack. And I'm not talking about Obama. Oh, y'all, just like, Barack, no, wrong one. Just got to wake you up sometime. Of Gideon, of Barack, of Samson, of Japheth, of David, of Samuel, and the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. 
ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness, <laughs> I love the new living, was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from the dead. How? By faith. By faith. By faith. But others, this is the part that gets us a little bit. This shakes our faith a little bit. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed, and mistreated by faith. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. But verse 39, all these people earn a good reputation. All that struggle, Pastor, was by faith? Yes. Yes. That is why I cannot harp enough that this faith life is not, just, not, not about your tangibility, your, your, your material things. It's about eternity. Have faith. Yes for the impossible. Yes for the breakthrough. Yes for the promise. Yes for the miracle. But in something eternal. In all their torture, it says all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us. So that they would not reach perfection without us. Close your Bibles. Hall of Faith. Then he goes on next door in verse 12, chapter 12. <laughs> he says, therefore, what's therefore? Everything we just read. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us, I want y'all to read that after let us, one, two, three. Let us, surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses. In other words, he's saying, what's your excuse? We just read a whole 30-something verses of testimonies of faith. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I'm dealing with. We read about the tortured by faith. Well, Pastor, you don't know. We read about the barren and the dead by faith. You are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses. What is your excuse? We live in way more comfort than the men of old. 
At least if someone tries to throw a stone at us, we can call the cops. At least we can get somebody to take up for us. We got rights at least. These are men and women who lost it all by faith. You are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. A great crowd of witnesses. They're standing in heaven and they're looking and they're testifying. They're like, read my testimony. Read my testimony. I know how your child is acting, but read my testimony. I know your body is acting as good as dead, but read my testimony. Read, read. Go to the hall of faith and see Abraham, see Moses, see Joseph witnesses. When you see their testimony, he says, lay aside every weight that so easily besets you. He can tell you to do that because he said there's people with the testimony who have done it. And so you can't sit here tonight and say, well, Pastor, this faith thing, I don't get it. <laughs> Calm down. It's a great crowd of witnesses that help you get it. Read their story and live by faith. Not at the scene, but at the unseen. What I can't see. Live by faith. I encourage you, go read that again at home. Read the whole thing. Read it in the, that's New Living. Read it in an easy translation, a common English translation. It'll blow your mind. You will realize this thing is more obtained than we think. That's why he said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. The woman marveled Jesus and he said, you have great faith. You, and she, she didn't have this big long degree or resume. Abraham was a heathen. Stand to your feet, I'm done. In fact, when Abraham received the promise, his name was Abram. And it was Abram who received the promise, who was told this is what's about to happen. And it said, Abram believed. And it was counted to him. Go, to, go read this in Genesis. It was counted to him. It's righteousness. What's your excuse? Why are we not living by faith? Because we're too stuck on faith for our stuff. Faith for our stuff. Faith to pay the bill. Hey, no, that's covenant. He's Jehovah Jireh. Place your faith in the right place. He's Jehovah Jireh. That's covenant. I'm a tither. Now, if you're not, Let's get that right. Teach on that another day. But I need you to get this. I want you to get into your, get into your word. Let faith come. Increase, increase my faith. That should be your prayer. Even as we're learning all about breaking generational curses and breaking these things off our life, God, increase my faith. How, can, how are you going to break these curses off of your life? You're listening to the word of God. You're reading the word of God. And you're going to get faith and faith. And every time a curse rises up in your life, you're going to break that thing. Why? Because faith came. 
This kind of teaching destroys unbelief. No, you ain't run, hoop, holler, do a backwards flip and turn card wheels. These are the messages that change your life. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And I believe tonight, lift your hands. Faith is rising in this place. God help our unbelief and increase our faith. Help my unbelief increase my faith. Some of y'all have been so distracted. Stop being distracted by every wind of doctrine and every negative thing and negative voice. The only voice you need to obey is the voice of the good shepherd. No other voice will you follow. God, let our faith rise. Increase our faith. Increase our faith. From glory to glory. And from faith to faith. Father, we give you praise tonight. We give you glory. We give you honor. We bless you for your word. And as we continue to study, as we continue to grow, as we continue to hear, we thank you that every unbelief in our life is being eradicated and our faith is rising. Increase our measure of faith, God. Increase our capacity to believe, even for the impossible. We say, yes, we can believe that all things are possible. We give you praise tonight. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together for the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, bless him, bless him. If your faith is increasing, bless him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want you to let someone else enjoy it. Go share, comment, leave a review, get the word out. Let's spread more encouragement in the world. Connect with me on all social platforms. You can find links to all my pages on ashleykariuki.com. Hope you will listen again very soon. God bless.